Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Good Good Judgment Judgment Podcast. Podcast. Folks, this is a podcast that's purpose is for Georgia judges or anybody else who might be interested in what goes on in the courtroom. Please understand that we are Georgia-focused, meaning that we are going to focus our attention on issues that arise under Georgia law, but occasionally we will get into some subjects of common interest. And we really appreciate you folks listening. And as we go to the studio audience, we ask, please hold your applause till the end. All right, now to the studio. Hello, folks. This is the Good Judgment Podcast, and welcome back. I'm Wade Padgett. And I'm Tane Kell. And today, Tane, we have one of those episodes that you and I love to do, mainly because we don't have to do research. Yeah, exactly. We have a guest who actually has the substantive knowledge, and we just get to sit back and listen, right? We just ask questions, which we're good at that. Yeah, we're really good at that. Sometimes that makes sense, too. Why don't you tell everybody who we're talking to today? Absolutely. So today we have uh, Judge Walt Davis, who is the uh, judge of the Georgia Statewide Business Court. And we're going to talk to him about his court and kind of how that court originated and uh, what it, uh, how it's currently up and running and what's happening now and, uh, and, and some other things about that court. So uh, with that, I'd like to welcome you, uh, Judge Davis, to this, uh, this episode of the Good Judgment Podcast. Terrific. Thanks for having me. So, Judge, Tane, you and Tane have history, I think. I don't know if that's good or bad, but y'all have some history, and I don't think you and I do. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your practice and how it, what, what you did before you became a judge? Sure. Um, before I do that, can I suck up and just tell you how much I really love your podcast and what a big fan I am? Absolutely. We actually right, require so. that of our guests, so we were going to get around to that eventually anyway. But no, go ahead and knock it out right at the beginning. No, that, you know, I love the part of podcasts where they say, go to your, you know, your app and give a five-star review. Well, I, I did that right before I started. So you guys have That's to go awesome. easy so that on was me. who did that. Way. Yeah, exactly. we now, have, now we know who the one is. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. I spent, I spent uh, 18 years at a, a small firm called Jones Day, um, all here yeah. in Atlanta. Um, you know, back when you could be a general litigator at a firm like that, I was, uh, I was in our, our aptly named general litigation practice. Um, doing mostly uh, commercial litigation, whatever whatever came through the door, um, and then uh, not long after Sarbanes Oxley and the the, the WorldCom Enron uh, events in the early 2000s uh, joined our securities litigation practice, um, and ultimately when I left the firm was was leading that practice. Um, in addition to some other things with the firm, so um, I I spent my entire career. Um, at Jones Day. So that begs the first question. What in the world were you thinking, Walt? <laughs> How did you come to, uh, to decide that you wanted to be a part of the statewide business court? That's a, that's a great question. I, you would think that as many times as I've gotten that question, I would, I'd be better at answering it. Um, but, you know, I was, I was one of those uh, big law firm lawyers who actually loved what I was doing. Um, I had a great team. Um, really, um, was, was sad to, sad to leave, but this was one of those opportunities that, um, you know, I literally have gotten to tell my kids about, um, now they're six and five, so you have to take that with a grain of salt. Um, but it was, you know, on reflection, um, it really came down to two things and service and, and family. And, um, you know, I tried to fast forward in life and think about what, um, what I would reflect on when my career was over. Um, 
and I would have been satisfied if I'd spent my whole career at, at Jones Day, but um, you know, the opportunity to build something, the opportunity to to candidly meet great people like you, who I otherwise would never have gotten a chance to meet, um, and just um, sort of challenge myself um, at a time when I was otherwise comfortable it seemed like a, a, a an interesting uh, opportunity. And little did I know that this thing called COVID would come around. Um, but it was, uh, it, it was something that I could, I can now talk with great pride with my kids about. So in, 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 uh, in reality, it really comes down to that. So let's talk a little bit about the creation of the court and your uh, being named as the first and only judge of that court. It, it's the Georgia Statewide Business Court. I, I, in looking at your email, I think it's like a GBSC or something like that. Tell me, tell me what it is that that your court was specifically designed for, and then how you what you see as your role in that process. Sure. The uh, I, I tried and tried to get rid of statewide and just call it the Georgia Business Court, but it turns out it's in this uh, little thing called the Constitution, um, um, and they put a dash in there, so we constantly misspell it. Um, That's like we, good judgment podcast way. Hey, the way we judge. always misspell yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we actually have a frequently asked question on our website about uh, about the dash um, because it, <laughs> it gets so confusing. Uh, the uh, you know the the court has 17 uh, uh, areas of subject matter jurisdiction. If you can think of the commercial dispute, it's it's probably captured there. Um, it was designed to uh, funnel not all commercial disputes, but um, really big ticket or emergent disputes um, that could otherwise use a little more attention. Um, and you know, I think my role as 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 the judge, which I'm you know, candidly getting used to. Um, I said this in a hearing the other day, you know, I view my role as a, a facilitator um, uh, to help the parties with, with things as they come up, to help keep them out of the ditch. Um, you know, I can say firsthand that we as, as litigators can find any number of things to fight about um, that can slow a process down. And I think particularly in, in Sort of large commercial cases, um, you know, those those crop up every day, and um, you know, my job is to be accessible and available to to help them move their case forward, um, and then ultimately, obviously, decide um, uh, the issues that are before me to decide. You know, I think when we were going through this process of of setting up the court, um, it was commonly uh, uh, said that you know, these types of cases come down to one or two threshold issues. And if you can eliminate those issues um, and, and barriers to moving the case forward, they, they often resolve themselves. Yeah. Talking about uh, that and, and the origination of the court, the model that was used to create this court was something along the lines of the Delaware Chancery Court or something about like that. Is that right? That's right. Um, you know, I spent most of my practice um, in uh, Delaware Chancery Court. Um, it was it was a, a byproduct of of you know Jones Day here in Atlanta having having a lot of corporate work that that resulted in disputes up there, which is not a commentary on their transactional practice, but um, more on the the nature of what we were doing. Um, 
but it really turned out to be more of a hybrid between the Delaware Chancery Court and the North Carolina Business Court um, with a, a sprinkle of the Metro Atlanta Business Court uh, added in. Um, the, the Delaware Chancery Court is, is the preeminent business court in the country. Um, but it's got a 200 year head start on me. Um, so really, oh, you'll be around that long wall. Right? Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, and so with, with me, it was, it was more trying to take the best of that court, taking the, um, the things that I really appreciated about the North Carolina court and the Metro Atlanta court and, and starting from scratch and saying, what are the, what are the things that I've liked in practice um, that I can create from whole cloth here? Um, and use, most of that has, has shown up in the rules. Some of it's shown up in the layout of the courtroom and, and things that I've been able to do that are truly created from scratch. But um, the idea was that we would take those three things and the best of those three courts and try to create something new here. Well, thinking about the rules, and that was a pretty good segue to where I was, was wanting to go. I thought you'd the, like that. Yeah, and very nice segue. Um, <laughs> are there business court rules? I mean, there's superior court rules, there's state court rules, or probate court rules, magic court rules. Are there uniform rules, or, or are they being developed, or where's that in the process? As a, as a technical matter, we are operating under some combination of the uniform superior court rules and a standing order that we have uh, available on our website. Um, the, the process was, it, it was an education for me, honestly. Um, I received a call last year saying, you know, you have to have your rules ready um, by April or May of this year, something to that effect, and no problem. This is where Wade or Tane go, what? Rules? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have to have rules? Wait, what? You don't need no stinking anyway. rules. Any, yeah, anyway, I the exact <laughs> same reaction. <laughs> okay, good. Good to know. Um, and, and there was a process under the statute that created the court whereby uh, a commission was established to help um, – with the drafting of the rules um the commission was great to work with um got great guidance from them but when push came to shove uh, the late nights were um uh, me and uh, very few others and and actually drafting the rules and putting them together um much much heavier lift than i thought it would be um and then comes the public comment process. <laughs> Let's show your cards. Um, and uh, some and, people are just mean, aren't they, Walt? It was. It was. Uh, Especially business lawyers. It was, it was painful, um, but but it came on the heels of uh, the public comments on the. I think the what is it? The video conferencing or or the sort of we were right in the heart of COVID. So I think I think perhaps the two thousand comments that were received on that rule, um, you know, um, tired it made made everybody tired. So I only got twenty five comments to the to the business court rules. There were perhaps um, thousands of sub comments within there. Um, <laughs> We address those. Uh, Justice uh, uh, Peterson and McMillan are my liaisons to the Supreme Court on that, and um, we we turn those around. And as as of this week, I've received comments from the Supreme Court, and so we are on the we're on the two yard line, ready to run it in. That's awesome. Hey, when whenever um, 
justices of the Supreme Court are mentioned, we always try to gratuitously say something nice about them. So Justice Peterson, Justice McMillan, two of our very favorite people, right, Wade? That's right. Two of the eight or nine. Nine. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, so Walt, <laughs> it's what the podcast is all about, Walt. Uh, so tell us a little bit about um, what the what the reaction has been overall. I know you had a public comment uh, period, but what the what the reaction of the bar uh, has been specifically uh, to the creation of this court? And, and you because let's go back and tell everyone, I mean, essentially, August 1st of this year is when you were able to start receiving your first cases. Is that right? That's right. What's been, what's been kind of the, the response from, from the bar and particularly the, the business section of the bar since that period of time? If I may be, may be so bold, I think everybody loves it. Uh, the, um, you know, I've, I've been, I've been pleasantly surprised. I, I came into this um, um, knowing that, just like any other service or product that you know, with, I've, I have a very commercial mindset when it comes to this. That um, I have, I have something new that has to be sold. There are people out there that have to be convinced that this is this is this is both new and worthwhile, um, and I have to I have to earn their trust. And so I've spent quite a bit of time on the road. I've spoken to uh, Rotary clubs and. Uh, Kiwanis clubs and bars and 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 you name it, um, and and I think the the thing that has surprised me is I had assumed that that it would the court would obviously be embraced by the large firms in in Atlanta and and their clientele, um, but we are averaging about a case a week. We have we have fifteen cases, um, and a large segment of those are from lawyers and law firms that I had never heard of that are doing great um, big ticket commercial litigation um, and from all over the state. So we've got cases from uh, Valdosta, Macon, Columbus, um, Henry County, and then a smattering all over the metro Atlanta area. Um, you know, I take it as a personal offense that nobody's coming from Cobb yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's no business going on in Cobb right now. You know that, Walt. Or Augusta, for that matter. We, I've been we to Augusta shut down. twice. <laughs> we, we shut. We shut down um, during the thing. Let me uh, go, go ahead. You were about to say no, something. No, no, no. I, I, I think, um, I think the geographic uh, diversity, the diversity in the types of cases and the types of lawyers that are bringing the bringing the cases to the court have made me sort of feel like a lot of the legwork I'm doing is worthwhile. Um, but we're you know, we still know we've got we've got a ways to go. Well, it, a lot of people don't know, so let, let's back up and, and and not assume that people know. Let's talk a little bit about how how cases do come to your court. And I just want to note before that, I think the best way to spread the word about your court is to get on big nationwide podcasts and talk to people about exactly what you do. So, when's he going to do that? <laughs> this is a dry run for that. So. <laughs> So tell us about how cases come to your court. So cases uh, come one of three ways, um, you know, the traditional way of directly filing. Um, you can uh, transfer a case from, uh, uh, which would be an existing case from this, a state or superior court, or parties can remove an existing case from state or superior court by agreement. Um, there is um quite a bit of, of uh, discussion about um, whether it takes all parties or whether one party can drive a case to the business court. And that issue was 
um, resolved in two cases, uh, one that was uh, issued by Judge Doyle, who was sitting by designation um, in my stead. Um, I had to disqualify um, as a result of Jones Day being involved in the case, and she and, issued and the first when you're, order. When you're the judge, somebody else has to be designated, I suppose. Oh, I love when you say the judge. Um, <laughs> hey, you're the man. <laughs> you're the judge. And so we 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 were charged with interpreting the the statute that created the court, and 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 I think interpreted it rightly that it required um, all parties to consent to bring the bring the case to the business court. Um, and then the same question was raised in a case that was directly filed in the court whether whether somebody can opt out of using the business court, and um, we issued a, a decision there as well um, involving Cox uh, Communications, and and ended up saying, you know, there too, it requires everybody to agree. So in essence, to use the business court as it stands right now, um, all parties have to agree to be in business court. Sure. And, and I know that's an issue that even came up again during the last legislative session. And then that kind of got interrupted by COVID also. And and undoubtedly, there'll be some more discussion in the upcoming session. But uh, uh, based upon those decisions that have already come out, I, again, I guess that's a, les- a legislative issue to decide whether that's something that gets changed down the road uh, for the court. Is that is that fair to say? Exactly. I, I am learning a new skill, and that is not worrying about the things I can't control. <laughs> Very wise. <laughs> you, you will do well in your position uh, with that. Um, well, well, let's talk about this. So, so um, let's talk about what I consider the elephant in the room. A case gets filed. It goes to your clerk who is Angie Davis, who you stole from Cobb County. So let's just go ahead and open this up and start talking about what's really bothering me about the business court. Uh, no, you guys, you guys are great. So talk, let's talk a little bit about how you are getting set up, how your staff uh, is operating. And, and again, like how, how do people get a case to you physically? I mean, if they wanted to file a case in business court, how, how would they do that? It, you know, it, it actually gets worse. I stole the Metro Atlanta Business Courts Program Director as well. So I am making friends all over town right now. And you wonder why no cases are there from Cobb County and from, you know, other courts. But anyway, Walt, I'm, this is a friendly venue. We'll just go, we'll pass over that. Go ahead. So, but, but yeah, I mean, if somebody wants to, to they've got an original case, a business case falls under the 17 categories of, uh, of jurisdictional issues that come before your court. Uh, how, how do they do that? Is it like filing a case in Superior Court? Yeah, it's, it's actually like filing a case in any court. Um, we've engaged uh, Peach Court. Um, to be our e-filing vendor, and we'll give them a plug here. They've done a great shout job. Out. Yeah, shout out there. They're not a sponsor of the podcast. Nobody yet. is a sponsor of the podcast. Yeah, we got to so, talk about that. We we need sponsors. Yeah, well, you know, then there's so much politics involved, and all we'll put of the that. patches on our robes, and exactly. you know, yeah, um, <laughs> NASCAR Wade, and I'll be just covered with sponsor stickers and stuff. But anyway, I want to file a case in business court, and I I bring my case down to. That's and, the and question. Bring it down to where? Yeah. So tell everybody where you're physically located. So we we as a as a matter of law have to have a have a, a clerk's office that somebody can walk into and file, um, but the nature of of our the types of cases that are in business court really I think um, 
assume that the parties are going to be sophisticated, sophisticated with technology, um, doing things online, that sort of thing. And so our vision for the court is that 99% of what we're going to do is going to be online. That was part of the attractiveness of, of um, luring uh, Miss Davis down to to be our clerk of court is because she's so adept with with technology. Um, that's you're just going to continue to rub salt in that wound, aren't you? Exactly Walker? right. Go exactly ahead. Right. Go ahead. Uh, and so we, while we have the ability to process uh, you know, traditional paper filings, um, we've tried to make the the online process as interactive and state of the art as it can be, um, so that lawyers have a very clear path towards how do we initiate a case? How do we ensure that it's under the right jurisdictional provisions? Um, and that includes, you know, removal and transfer as well. Peach Court, um, shout out, has done a, a, a terrific job of creating a just a different way to file a case, which, you, you know, you, it's just a different way to build a mousetrap, but it, it really helps the parties walk through and it makes sure that they don't footfall in bringing the wrong case to business court um, or, or one that doesn't fall within in our jurisdictional parameters, that sort of thing. So um, we've, we put, uh, we put candidly months and months of work into that. So it's, um, it's, it's something that we, if you can be proud of e-filing, that's something we're, we're extremely proud of. So if you get past the filing process, where are we going to try this case? I mean, is everything a bench trial or do you have juries? And if so, where do you have your own jury clerk and pull in juries from across the state? How does that work? Well, I'm going to rely on the good good people like you to help me with that process. <laughs> <laughs> you will be welcome anytime. That's right. Um, I'm going to hold you to that. But but you know, nobody's going to file in Cobb, as you told me. Um, <laughs> Not until the pain goes away. Exactly. So we have, we have a, a beautiful courtroom that um, I will get my certificate of occupancy in, a, in about a week um, <laughs> here in the Nathan Deal Judicial Center. But that, that really assumes a, a bench trial. Um, it's for hearings, uh, things of that nature. Um, the statute that created the court um, does not disturb traditional venue rules or jury trial rules. So while there is a presumption in favor of a bench trial, um, which is the more traditional approach that, that um, you see in sort of Delaware Chancery Court, um, you know, the, the legislature felt very strongly um, that, that the right to a jury trial shouldn't be disturbed um, with the creation of this court. So um, assume that you have a case and it, it gets to uh, the point where it has to be tried, then, um, you know, we're in a position where if, if it's a jury trial, we are calling up um, the local venue and saying, you know, you know, how, uh, what space do you have? How, how, how long can we have it? And, um, you know, we are doing everything by special setting. So, um, you know, given the number of cases we expect to have and, and the types of cases we expect to have, I think it's going to work better through more of a special setting process and the proposed rules contemplate that. Um, but that that's a challenge for a different day. Yeah. But you'll, but you'll, you'll, you've contemplated, you, you'll come to the local jurisdiction potentially uh, where the defendant resides, let's say, if that's what the, you know, the, the jurisdictional provision is that controls in that case and, uh, and, and perhaps try it, the, in the superior court building or, you know, pull juries from the, from the superior court jury pool, that sort of thing. Is that, yeah. is that basically how it's set up? 
Exactly. I mean, in, in business cases, the stats are something to the effect of less than 5% of the cases go to trial. Yeah, when you're able sure. to, as we were talking about earlier, when you're able to resolve one or two of those threshold issues that are really um, keeping the parties from coming to agreement, um, you know, that, that then those cases tend to resolve themselves. I think, um, you know, the, the process you described is, is, is exactly right. Um, and, you know, that's why every time I go somewhere to speak, I reach out to the local clerk, I reach out to the local judge. And candidly, that's why um, one, of the, one of the things that was so, so appealing about hiring our clerk of court, Ms. Davis from Cobb County, was um, her great relationships around around the state. So that kind of makes it easy on me as well. Man, just twisting the knife, isn't he? It's just painful. Um, you actually also have some facilities available to you in the Macon area. Is that right? So that if you had something that you was more convenient for the parties, you could uh, you could have some hearings or something there. That's right. Well, you know, one of the one of the early ideas was that the the court may sit in Macon. And um, and an earlier idea was that I wouldn't be the only judge. That we would start off with five judges, and they would they would be, um, you know, Augusta and Macon, Columbus, Savannah, and and other places that that lobbied to have them. Um, and then they saw the price tag and and said, "Ooh, maybe we ought to cut it down to three. Um, they modeled that <laughs> maybe out. Maybe just one. Maybe just one. Um, and so um, my goal, and and really when I get asked, you know how do I define success for the court? Um, in all sincerity, success for me is when I'm not the only one, when we've, when we've managed to, to expand, um, outside of Atlanta, it means I did my job in, in convincing folks that, that don't have cases purely in, in the metro area that the court's, um, worthwhile and, and, and a viable option for their clients. So, um, I'm getting the signal. I'm getting, no, no, I'm getting I was, a bad signal. Wade, Wade was getting a signal. I apologize. <laughs> what I was going to say was, for the time being, you get to be a circuit judge with a 159-county circuit, which is pretty awesome. That's the uh, statewide with a dash part of it all. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I envision this would be, you know, akin to riding circuit from, you know, back in the early 1800s or something of that sort that we learn about in school. Absolutely. Um, so from a judge's standpoint, let's say that I have a case that I feel like needs to come to you. It, 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 it seems to fit your parameters. It's a complex uh, business sort of litigation, not a med mal case or a car wreck case, but, 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 but something that fits your parameters. I'm going to make a confession that after all of the conversation about business why statewide business court sort of dwindled i didn't keep up with what was the final deal that got passed can i transfer it to you no or has to it has to have the party's consent both parties consent has to have the party's consent and it's both parties right um you know the way i read it it's all parties so you know if in a it's certainly both parties and in in a case where it's um you know one versus one but you know i i I think it's um, we've made clear that it requires everybody under the statute um, to to consent to come. The um, the you know we've we've had an interesting uh, series of, of of events. We've had uh, two parties who have objected, who have later you know after after hearings and saying, hey, this isn't so bad. He's not the he or they are not the the the, the big bag wolf um, have agreed to come, and and then we've. Um, 
we've had some that, um, um, you know, have some cases have been removed to federal court and some cases have been uh, removed or, or transferred back down to, to uh, the case from which it came. So it's, it's really, um, but the one, the one way it cannot come is, is through referral from a judge. Although I've heard from a number of your colleagues that they are, they are inclined to begin the uh, the pressure campaign to start the, sending the cases. suggestion. Suggestion. It's a, mere, it's a mere suggestion. Mere suggestion. <laughs> well, but you talked about it being one of them being or a class or some cases being sent back down. Why would that happen? They can't withdraw their consent after they consent to come to you, can they? Um, they well, if a defendant removes the case or trans what they what we call transfer the case to business court it goes it goes back to the case uh, the place from whence it came um if the other party objects for example or one of the other parties object then it, then it would transfer back and 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 when somebody uh, files here they have to designate a venue if they file directly um and so if there's an objection to being in business court then the case gets transferred to the designated venue by the filing party. Um, and so we've had, we've had that happen. Now, interestingly, in, in that particular situation, um, they asked for it to be sent to, to Fulton County. Um, and then the next day, the lawyer who was arguing so staunchly against the business court called up and said, hey, how do I get a case to business court? <laughs> see it's it's like it's catching on like wildfire wildfire let, right. let me let me ask this question in the in the COVID era which is kind of where you your court was born uh out of you know out of the the flames you're like the phoenix rising but what's it been like you know we we do a lot of our we spend a lot of our days on zoom uh these days wayne and i do what what's what's been uh so far the the procedure with respect to virtual hearings for you so we are, um, we assume that we would do almost everything um, virtually at the outset um, in any event, because we, we do have a 159 counties. And so um, a lot of what we were preparing for unrelated to COVID was being able to um, interact virtually. And then if, of course, the parties uh, wanted hearings or, or conferences um, um, outside of outside of Atlanta, for example, then I, 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 in my confirmation hearing said, you know, I will commit to um, driving wherever I need to go and meeting the parties where they are. And I, and I meant that with all sincerity. Um, so we were, we were in a, in an unusual twist of fate prepared for COVID um, uh, for reasons unrelated to COVID. And, and so we've been holding hearings um, um, via Zoom, just like just like um, all the courts have. Um, we have our, uh, hope to have our first in-person hearing if we can get uh, signed off on by the by the health department um, and make sure it's it's safe um, next month. So we're, we're looking forward to that, um, assuming we can we can pull it off. But otherwise, the, uh, you know, the Chief Justice, um, I know it's his strong preference because they're, they're holding their arguments uh, virtually. The Chief Judge and, and the Court of Appeals are holding their arguments virtually. I'm very um, uh, cognizant that, that until it's as, as safe and as it, as it can be, that, that we're, we're not going to recklessly be bringing people into uh, this building uh, when we can adequately handle things on, on Zoom. But from what you said before, it sounds like that you you had already anticipated, given the the 
broad jurisdiction your court has, at least uh, the the breadth of its circuit, uh, that you would be conducting some some things after COVID uh, virtually as well. Is that that's right? That's right. Um, although, although you know, I, I say this everywhere I go. I have one of the highlights of this job has been getting out of my comfort zone, driving to places I've never been, seeing people I would have otherwise never been able to meet. So I actually do like um, those long road trips, um, particularly because I can turn on great podcasts like this one. That's what I was just going to say. It's perfect podcast. I'm just pandering. At this point, it's just pandering. This is wonderful. You're you're our best advertisement. We're a friend of of the podcast, Wade. That's right. Another FOP. That's right. Tell the folks, you mentioned your website and things like that. Tell folks who might be listening, if they wanted to investigate more, if they wanted to think about their case fitting into your jurisdiction more, where would they go to get some additional information? GSBC.us, Georgia Statewide Business Court.us. Um, you can also go to GeorgiaBusinessCourt.com. Um, the... Um, you know, one of the one of the highlights of of this and lowlights is when you start up a court, just like if you start up a business, turns out you need a website um, and you can hire website designers. But as it turns out, they need somebody to write the content for them. Um, so we we uh, I, I spent many a late night writing, man. writing the content for the website. Uh <laughs> And, and I mean, it took, it took months, but it, in all honesty, I go to it and it's, I just can't believe what, what we were able to, to create. Um, but it actually was, it actually was one of the highlights. Well, you sent me and and I went through and looked at some of the things that are on your website just to help people understand a, what the court's all about and B, you know, how you might get a case into the business court. And I, I would, anybody who's interested in that, I would uh, recommend that that website to them because it is really uh, very self-explanatory. You know, for the first two months, the court was, was operating. Um, we were not on page one of Google. When you searched for Georgia business court, we were on <laughs> page 12 then page 11. It took <laughs> us about three months to work our way up. So as I was giving speeches around the state, I, I now my slide presentation has the web address. And I said, the, the one ask I have of you is please go to the website. Uh, we are now at the top of page one, but we were we were under uh, some some two and three year old blog posts about what would be the business court for quite a long time. We are, uh, I think, the number one thousand five hundred and second uh, most popular uh, podcast on SoundCloud now. So, so we have that. So we got that going for us. That's right. Yeah. There are Google, tens Google of thousands Google. of podcasts. You guys are doing great. Thanks, yeah, thanks. I know, right? Because of people like you, Judge, it is <laughs> it is really an honor. We, we've had a chance to work with you on Judicial Council, and, and we see you in different settings, but we don't have a chance to really break it down, as the kids might say, or the kids might have said a generation ago. I'm probably <laughs> behind that that curve, too. Um, do will you stay? Is the is the plan that you will stay in the Nathan Deal Ju- Judicial Center going forward? I sure hope so. Okay, but there's no plan for you to be in some other building. I, I haven't gotten the eviction papers yet, um, <laughs> and and based on the the size of the check that that I had to write to 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 build out this space, I think uh, the plan would be here for a while. Um, you know, I think um, you know it was. It was a great twist of fate for me um, because there are only three statewide courts, and now the the business court is is along with the Court of Appeals and the Supreme Court. 
um, it was a great twist of faith for me to sit here um, and, and be in this building. And I think just like any startup business, um, it's about you know, location, 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 and perception. And, um, you know, for me, it was, it was, a um, it's, it's a, it's an honor to sit here and I don't take it lightly. Um, but I'm not here very often. Like I said, I'm, I tend to, I'm in my car. Um, I'm out, out giving speeches. I, I am, am part-time judge, part-time general contractor, part-time salesman, <laughs> part-time other things. When you're the first uh, one in the seat, you get to do all, wear all the hats. Web exactly. designer. Web um, designer. Yeah. Content manager. And as I told you yesterday, our great clerk of court is undoing all that I did uh, <laughs> um, in putting the e-filing in, in place. So, Very smart. Um, yeah. <laughs> Folks, it is beyond rare when we have an opportunity to speak someone who is one of one, not only in personality, but also in position. And so, uh, Judge Davis, we are really thankful that you've come on the, the podcast and shared with, with us some of what's happening as you continue to grow, we would love to have you back because we don't have to do any homework when you appear and we don't have to do any <laughs> exactly. research, which is really the, the, the truth be told, but no, seriously, we would love to have you back as it continues to grow. And we know that you've, that your court has, um, is really trying to, is really establishing itself as, as one of those pillars in our community. So we appreciate all that you've done. Thanks for having me and, and keep up the great work. I, uh, I, I look forward to, to when, when your podcasts come out. So uh, keep them coming. Well, thanks a lot. We will link everybody. Uh, we'll, we'll link on our website, uh, goodjudgepod.com to some of the materials from the statewide business court uh, that we've talked about today. And uh, we hope you'll all go to their website as well and check them out. And as always, I'm Tane Kell. And I'm Wade Padgett. Don't forget to wash your hands after podcasting. Thanks for listening to the Good Judgment Podcast. This podcast was originally the brainchild of Mr. Doug Ashworth, who is the executive director of ICJE. Special thanks to the University of Georgia College of Law and specifically to Mr. Jim Henneberger. Thanks to Mr. Stephen Turner and his company, Turner Up Media, for editing out as much of our stupidity as he can. But he can't get it all. We are eternally grateful to the Council of Superior Court Judges who allow us to lead NJO, that's New Judge Orientation, for new Superior Court Judges and for their support of this project. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions of CSCJ, ICJE, the UGA College of Law, or anyone else for that matter. These are barely the opinions of Wade Padgett and Tang Kell, so we definitely aren't speaking for anyone else. You can contact us on our website, goodjudgepod.com. Or send us an email at goodjudgepod at gmail.com. So, Tane, I guess we better bang the gavel on this episode. Anything else you feel like we need to say? Only 10-4, good buddy. Catch you on the flip-flop. <laughs>